Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. I'm Lisa Berry here with Dr. Frank Anderson. Grateful that you are choosing to listen to this once again. So thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, Frank? I am ready to explore awareness yet once again for episode number 54. So much to explore. And I know we've talked about this many times about how the word awareness comes up all the time. And it seems like it's mentioned in passing or it's mentioned as part of something. And no one really dissects or goes into what do we mean when we're talking about awareness? So that's what this podcast is all about. And man, it's just been such a journey of of awareness, really, of finding out all the different ways to look and think and talk about awareness. Can you remember when we first met, we started talking about what the podcast would be called? Right. And, you know, my personal experiences with meditation really brought me to a place where I like the word awareness as kind of the thing that allowed me to be mindful. And Hmm. once I started realizing that, then I started to hear all these teachers talk about awareness. And like you said, it kind of can come off as something that's like simple, something um, like a thought, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm aware. I'm aware. And it doesn't take on much meaning. And even when you read it, in a book, it it can be glossed over, wouldn't you say? Or would you say that that was your experience in the past? We've had all these conversations. We have over 50 episodes of talking about different ways to think and look at awareness. And then when I hear people just mention the word casually, I think, wait, 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 do you realize that word, that one word that you're saying so casually can mean so much? So yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and so we stop for a minute and invite all the listeners also to say, well, let's just stop and be present to this conversation about awareness and presence, right? So we're kind of using words to describe what it means to be present, right? And to do that, you kind of have to like stop thinking and just be present to this conversation and see if this idea of awareness beyond thoughts can start to open up inside. And we can look at some quotes, Lisa, that you and I have found that kind of get at this. I actually get excited when I see or hear someone use awareness because I'm like, I get it now. I know what that means. And they're just saying it so casually, but it makes me excited that they're using it and that I do have that understanding that I have learned from these conversations what we're saying when we say awareness because a lot of people just say it in passing. And, and, and as you said, we'll have these quotes and they're saying awareness, but I'm like, aha. And I have to tell you one that really blew my mind recently was a meditation by Deepak Chopra. And he, I, I love meditating with him with some of his guided meditation. And it started out by saying, feel the sensations in your body of the inside out anywhere in your body. And then he said, do you feel any slight discomfort? Because you do that in your meditations, you think about, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay. And then he's like, all right, stop 
first bring awareness to that sensation and then take the awareness away from it. And it was such a great example to me. I mean, he was like, do it again, turn it on, like turn like a light switch, like turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, be aware of the sensation. Now don't be aware of the sensation. And it was a way to physically sense that when you bring awareness to something, like in this case, something you're feeling in your body, what that feels like. And then when you take it away, what you're experiencing then, which is really sort of nothing. And he said, do you realize that sensations are islands of experience and in an ocean of awareness with no experience? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, these are the, yes, yes. You're speaking my language and it's just witnessing awareness as you go back and forth. I thought, what a great example. And if I can just continue for one more minute, he went on to say, he talked about those moments of awareness when you're not feeling the sensations. They're like a melting in the ocean of awareness. And I thought, okay, ocean of awareness. And then he said something that really appealed to me. He said, awareness is healing because awareness is spirit and awareness is consciousness. So we haven't really talked about awareness being healing or awareness being spirit. What does that mean to you? Right. Well, that's beautiful. And let me just remind you and the listeners, right, that that right now we're using words and we're having a conversation and, you know, it automatically starts getting me into this (laughs) experiential aspect of awareness because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what it is. So when we talk about consciousness or spirit, the only way I can talk about it then is is almost like from a meditative perspective of 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 the experience of what the word awareness points to. When we talk about where we land with meditation in a deeper sense of authenticity, which is peace and love and joy and equanimity. Um, and generosity, you know, that starts getting close to spirit. Now, what you're just asked me reminded me of what I read in Grist for the Mill by one of your favorite authors, Ram Dass. Ram Dass. Yeah. And this is what he said. And I know you love, you're going to love this because we all know how much you love love. Uh-huh. <laughs> He said, the natural state of the mind is pure love. Okay, so, you know, we, we you know, you can, you can get that, right? Right. But then comma, which is not other than pure awareness. So he's talking to both of us, <laughs> pure love for me and pure awareness for you. And so simply, <laughs> right. so simply put, but to me, that means everything, what you just said. Can you say it one more time? Yeah, I'll say that one more time. The natural state of the mind, and, and we have talked about that too, the natural state, like returning to your purity, returning to your essence, you know, returning home, or that natural state of your mind that was there when you were born. Right, that that just that pure natural state. Now he says the natural state of the mind is pure love, which is not other than pure awareness. That's 
huge. Do you agree with that? I mean, does that come easily oh, to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, it's just using words and different words. And so when we get to that state of pure awareness and, and, and not, not awareness as a mental state, but awareness as a, a unity state, then mm. other words, to, to me, awareness is an encompassing word, you know, or encompasses that feeling or that experience of, of existence that, that includes then love and peace and joy and generosity and wisdom and awe, as our previous episode, like any of those words that reflect aspects of this all-encompassing experience of just pure awareness. Love is, is another way of expressing that, but there are other words that can be used as well. I think the word I'm getting sort of hung up on is pure. To me, the word pure is a strong, strong word, like the word radical, like radical self-care or radical something. Radical is like really putting an emphasis on it. And pure, pure is like you you can count on that. If it's pure Mm -hmm. love or pure Mm -hmm. awareness, then that's really just bringing it all home. So pure awareness, can you describe what that means or feels like to you? Yeah, I've, and I have another, there's another section in Ram Dass's book that can help me um, move into that. What would be unpure awareness, I guess, would be the question. And I don't, I don't think that's the, the real question, but it is um, kind of an awareness that's still a thought. So like ah. he said, when awareness is identified with thoughts, then we only exist in a certain time and space dimension. But when awareness goes behind thought, we are able to be free of time and see thoughts appearing and disappearing, just watching thought forms come into existence, exist, and pass away in a millisecond. To me, that feels like awareness of just being. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is just being in awareness, like a sea of awareness, or like you said, the ocean of awareness or the field of awareness, just the, just the sense of being present to what is that's pure. If there's thoughts involved, if there's judgments involved, if there's expectations involved, if there's past habitual thinking involved, future time travel involved you know that's when it's not pure that's when it's getting and and, you know not to say unpure we're all going to do this too our minds do this our brains think of things we have habits we have unconscious attitudes you know we have assumptions Hmm. and that's all part of the normal process so i'm not advocating for some purity of being all the time but it it is there it's absolutely there all the time and you can connect to that. You just mentioned a sort of interesting, I was going to say complicated word, assumptions. Because sometimes I think our assumptions, like the stories we tell ourselves. So what, are you big on assumptions and assuming things? 
oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, I think I've definitely been habituated to assume lots of things. Like I assume that I will, you know, get from point A to point B uh, without, you know, getting a ticket or hitting a deer or something like mm. that. And that's not always the case. So then, mm. you know, something like that happens and your assumptions aren't met. That can trigger lots of other times when your assumptions weren't met. So then that's when these things, these challenges come into your field of awareness. And then you start to say, well, I'm the awareness of these things. And so these things come and they go and they come and they go and they don't stick the same way. And so, you know, within that, there's just this sense of peace and love and generosity and joy of being that you're just being things are happening and life is going on. But the pure, purity of life is that awareness. And then the other things just come and go as they will. Some are more complicated than others. But so we're talking about this. People are listening to this. But really, there's this interesting document I came across called Be a Change Master. Hmm. And there's this cha chapter one called Challenging Assumptions. And I thought it was really interesting <laughs> because... It says here, challenging and banishing assumptions is achieved by first creating awareness that assumptions exist. Developing a trusting relationship first will enable leaders to learn the assumptions that are silent or hidden and lead the way to questions that challenge thinking. Hmm. So it's like if we're all walking around with certain assumptions about what's true and what's not true and you never challenge those never ask if those assumptions are, are really hold weight then you can go down all kinds of paths and cause all kinds of of suffering for yourself and others so being aware that you have assumptions is part of this practice hmm that is a very mind opening thought to pursue Question everything, right? <laughs> Question oh. your assumptions. And, and could assumptions also mean perhaps possibly biases or preconceived notions, or as I said before, like a story? I think that's one of the many powerful messages we've shared is how we create these stories in our heads. And we think we know what's happening and we assume that if somebody said something to you that they meant this, or you assume if you didn't get invited to that event. It meant that. And we assume a lot of different things. But for me, that's almost kind of like creating a story. Well, as well. it is. It is. And this and this, this book, this uh, Be a Change Master, has a section called Assumptions Become Reality. <laughs> and oh. so if you, start, if you just assume that in, the, in this case, they're talking about, you know, if there's half the class is not going to pass, <laughs> well, half the class is not going to pass. If they, you've made that assumption, let's say, they're saying that assumptions create expectations. And so, you know, what do you assume about yourself and how is that going to affect your expectations? You know, where do these things come from? Where, how did you develop this assumption about yourself or other people? Does it make any sense whatsoever or is it just something that's just been repeated over and over and over again through generations? so many times that you believe that it's true well a lot of people say have no don't have any expectations 
So if you don't expect anything, then you won't be disappointed. And I wonder if you could tie that into assumptions. Yeah, well, it depends on where that's coming from. Right, right. You know, and what you're applying it to. From, um, if that's coming from a giving up place, then yeah. that is not healthy. If it's coming from an active place that you are going to do your best and, um, you know, to achieve a certain goal. And that if that goal is not met, you know, there's certainly going to be going to be sadness and you're certainly had expectations. I mean, I don't think expectations are necessarily bad. It's just the attachment to them. Well, do you think you've had good or not so good experiences with assumptions? I know how I feel. I'm just curious what you think. Well, it, it varies and it's changed over the years. You know, mm. I, I think that in the past I, I do, I do have a lot, I did have a lot of assumptions and I still have some of that energy there then I have assumptions and expectations. And when they're not met, really, that's when they get tested and challenged. And what do you do with that? Mm. Right. Do you just have that as part of your experience or do you fight it, resist it and criticize yourself and everyone else? Right. So it's really how you handle the outcomes that I would say you know, determines how much you're going to suffer from all of this. I feel like I know a lot of people who walk around assuming things all the time and, and, and assuming the worst. And it, I always say you get what you're looking for. So if you're going to walk around and you're going to assume you're going to be disappointed or you're going to assume that person's always wrong, no matter what happens, that's what you're going to see. So I think that's where awareness can really come in and be helpful. Right, right. Exactly. You come in with the awareness that you're making assumptions. Aha, there you go. Yeah. And this awareness that we're talking about comes from practicing meditation, exploring awareness. And we'll get to this later, but becoming aware of your breath, right? Aware of your body. That's a great way to like start to experience awareness and then Moving on to the awareness of the thoughts and awareness of the emotions and awareness of assumptions and awareness of bias and all of these things mm. that are operating in your mind as thoughts, as expectations, as facts. Can they be challenged? You know, there's one thing that we have to also watch out for and understand about when we do this awareness practice. Ram Das says, when awareness goes behind thought, we are able to be free of time and see thoughts appearing and disappearing, just watching the thought forms come into existence and then pass away. And when the intensity of concentration allows us to see the space between two thoughts, we see eternity because there are no thoughts there so he's saying we realize that thoughts exist against the backdrop of no thoughts but then he says we face one of the greatest fears that we will ever confront the fear of our own extinction the fear mm. of ceasing to exist, mm. not just as a body, but even as a soul. And you've mentioned this before to me as well. 
Well, I was going to say, I, I, I've been waiting to make this confession. And that is that the awareness of awareness is kind of scary for me yeah. because it puts me in the same place about basically what you just described. You're sort of suspending reality. You're, you're suspending your thoughts and you're suspending what you're holding on to and you're suspending your assumptions and your expectations and you're just being. And I think I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I don't know what to do with that. I think we think we have to do something or be doing something or have something to hold on to. And, and if you just suspend all that and become aware of awareness and you're just being, it's kind of like floating in space in a way to me. Well, and, and so he calls this the, the ultimate mystic doorway. <laughs> ah, seriously. He uses some interesting language, the, the inner door of the seventh temple. But again, what I would what I would ask you to do, Lisa, is as fears of this losing yourself, and mm. that's also something to be aware of. It is a thought, it is an experience, it is a fear that you can also hold an awareness. It's one that can really pull you out of it but it's also the one that will solidify you in it. What was that door again? He said the. Oh, he said it was the ultimate mystic doorway. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of scary. <laughs> well, right, right. So, okay. So what do you do with scariness and fear? Okay. Can you hold that with a mm. awareness and say, look at that. My ego, my mind is afraid it's going to disappear. Right. And that's what he Ram Dass just mentioned, going to an, into extinction. If you're not thinking something, if you're not holding on to something, then what are you? Do you even exist? I feel like we're kind of getting off into the, the mystic. But I mean, I, let, I just want to talk about it because it's, it's sort of frightening. It is awareness. And we've talked about resting as awareness or identifying as awareness. And then no longer is the fear controlling you, but the awareness is, is where you're operating from. So that's the mystic doorway. That's the shift. If you can hold the fear with awareness. So let me finish. Let me see what he says here. We say, I am not this thought. We let go of even the great fear of non-existence. See, that's <laughs> just talking about the senses are just working by themselves. There's hearing occurring, but there's no listener. There's seeing, but there is no seer. The senses are just doing their thing, but there's nobody home. If the mind thinks I am aware, that is recognized as just another thought, a part of the show passing by. It's not awareness itself. Thoughts are going by like a river and awareness simply is when we become just awareness there's no more me being aware by letting go of even the thought i what is left there's nowhere to stand and no one to stand there no separation anywhere pure awareness, neither this nor that, just clarity and being. 
That is huge. So I, I, you know, I'm, I think I'm more into words than you are. So the words clarity and being bring me some peace. I like those words. So this is what's on the other side of fear. Hmm. On the other side of your fear of non-existence, the fear of letting go, the fear and the thoughts and the rationalizations and the attachment to assumptions there there is on the other side of all that just clarity and being mm. now your mind will never allow that but you can experience it by when you become aware of the mind aware of the thoughts rest as awareness right and it takes practice it takes practice it doesn't just it doesn't happen because you're going to think it up it's going to happen as you sit in meditation and i know that you have had glimpses of this sure year anyway and he talks about that too he says can you imagine when we become that place that we've only touched through our meditations when we are love when we finally acknowledge who we really are, <laughs> can you imagine that place that you touch during meditation, that that is who you are? So that place that we touch during meditation mm -hmm, can grow. But through meditation, we become familiar with it. We become comfortable with it. We touch it. We don't have to like die right into it you know there's identity we, we we're not we haven't processed our traumas we haven't processed mm -hmm. all of our assumptions so you know maybe that's where being compassionate with your with yourself think of a think of a little baby deer having to leave its nest for the first time it's tentative it's like wow i don't know i love this little nest here i'm going out into the world it's scary you know, tiptoe back and forth. And then eventually you move out and like, wow, this is great. There's, you know, fresh grass and water out there, <laughs> you know, just, or like any, any of those metaphors we might right. use for emerging from your cocoon, you know, like, like a, yeah, the, I love the caterpillar one, right? So you're a caterpillar and you go into your cocoon and you transform into a butterfly. Like, who knew you would have to go through that process of transformation to become a butterfly? Can we find strength in doing this? Can we find peace and calm in doing this? You asked, can we find peace in this process? And strength. Well, what do you think? I'm trying to I'm trying to picture it when you go to this place and you meditate and you become aware of who you really are. I mean, you're going in to me. That's the depths of your soul and your in your core and your home and your center. And yeah, I think that's where the strength is. Right. Just talking it out. That's what occurred to me. That is where the strength is. You know, this has been written about for for thousands of years in all cultures in all languages the, you know the hero's journey the the journey into the depths of the soul and the emergence as the 
king and queen. It's the mm. um, the, the challenging road um, that leads to fulfillment. There's always a struggle. There's always a perseverance. There's always a, a battle. <laughs> and then there's a emergence as something new. And, and that's kind of what this process can feel like for people, um, depending on how much baggage you have. But let's just say we all have a lot of baggage. Right. How much do you want to attach? You know, you got your baggage. I got my baggage. Some people have tremendous baggage. Some people don't have so much baggage. Some people have unimaginable baggage. Mm -hmm. But it's all baggage. And then behind all that baggage, there's the pure, pure being. So, you know, that Buddhist statue, pure gold statue that was covered with clay, they put clay on it to protect it from being stolen or whatever. And a thousand years later, they find out that this whole shell of clay was over this golden Buddha. So this poor Buddha had a shell of clay on it until it realized, you know, until it could be exposed it can be exposed as a statue that it really was, but that's a metaphor again for people is such thick layers. But when you become aware of it, those things start to fall off. Now that's going to be an experience and it's going to happen over time. And your mind may not even think it's possible, but let's bring that doubt to awareness it reminds me of David White's faith poem, too. Mm, Is yeah. there just a bit of faith that there could be another way? Right. And could this just simple act of awareness be that way? You know, and I always like to ask the question, I think listeners are thinking, and I feel like right now some people are thinking, well, why would I want to do that? That just sounds uh, so intense and... I know you don't like when I talk about payoffs, but I think motivation, people want to be motivated. And, and so I'll answer my own question for me at the core. It's like getting a Tootsie Roll pop. If I, I don't know if you've ever had one or people in all the different countries listening know what I talk about it and talking about it, it's like a, a sucker. And in the middle is like a chewy chocolate core. And that's the payoff, supposedly, of the Tootsie Roll pop and going to your own core that's where the peace is. That's where the love is. That's where the joy is. That's where the strength is. So letting go or being aware is just a way of getting rid of those layers so you can get down to the payoff. Sorry. I know Frank doesn't like what I talk about, <laughs> but well, I think people are like, why would I want to do this? I guess is my question. I think that's a way to look at it. And Payoffs and is um, I don't like that commodification metaphors, right, but, right. but you know it works for some people, right? And I'm fine with that. And the way I would talk about it is is actually a return home to your mm. to your birthright, and so mm. it's not um, it's not something you don't already have. <laughs> That's why payoff seems a little off to me, but. And so, yes, there are benefits. There is a, a promise for a peaceful life. And why would someone want to do this? It is a complete 
extremely personal decision, very personal decision. People, you know, might listen to a few episodes of this podcast and say, you know, this isn't this isn't really for me right now. I don't really get it. I don't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that work. I'm gonna go along with my life. And so, you know what? That's fine. And I know a lot of people like that, and it's great. We have great time. Not everyone has to do this work or wants to do this work. But there are people in a certain stage of their life for whatever reason are like, wait a minute, there's, there is, um, and the Buddha called it um, dukkha. That was the word he used. An unsatisfactoriness. Mm. A, some kind of a wheel that's off balance, I think is mm. the... Uh, metaphors it's like something isn't quite right it could be like extreme suffering and that does bring some people to this practice it's like i just don't want to suffer anymore but other people's like you know it's, it's just not something's not right and i feel called to think of something deeper you know i'm like is life just about making money and hmm. trying to keep things together or is there something more some people are in very satisfying religious experiences and some people aren't it's like there's you know this is this doesn't quite is it quite deep enough to satisfy a yearning for something more so people with a feeling like that and even hearing us talk about it might expose that right you might even not even know you're looking for something more until you're you hear well why is ram das and all these other teachers what are they well, i'm interested in knowing about another experience of life that could be so pure and pure joy so mm. but you know maybe your life is pure joy now wonderful and and enjoy it but right. if it's not then you may want to do this. And you start doing this and you unearth things that you don't like, but that's part of the problem in the first place. So, right, you unearth them, hold them with compassion, hmm. and they start to have less impact on you. And then, and I know you've experienced this life becomes a lot freer when you've stopped thinking for other people when you've stopped projecting upon them your ideas when you start stop putting unrealistic expectations upon them and let people live their life and you live your life and it's right. like oh my gosh that was that's a lot easier than ah. me expecting you to live your life the way i wish i lived my life you know or whatever right. comes right. whatever however that happens creates so much unease and distrust and it's 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 much more like a human existence in a, in a lower level and there's a much more peaceful level and i'll add here like i've talked before in the taxonomic structure as we are all primates homo sapien is the ape that is aware and we are Homo sapien subspecies sapien, which is the ape that is aware 
that it is aware. And so human beings can be aware that they're aware. And that's right in biology. Uh-huh. So if you just want to be aware of, as a thought, you're, you say, I'm aware that I am stuck on my thoughts and I'm aware that this is my beliefs and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> but mm. when you're aware, when you're aware that you're aware, that's another level of existence that has a opportunity for some real peace and love and a real authentic experience with this very precious human life. Mm. Very precious. I love that word. It is. It's so precious and rare and it's doesn't last that long. Nope. And, and there's so many ways that you mm. can use it. And so why not use it for good? Right. And that's why people might want to do this. And um, the payoff is just being yourself and back mm. to where you were in the first place. You can still buy lottery tickets and see, <laughs> <laughs> see if you can get a payoff that way. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You're so funny. I can't say payoff, but you know, I, I, you explain it and you always explain it so beautifully. So I hope people can hear that. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to be judgmental about you using right. the word payoff either, right? So it's, right. Not, it's not it's it's not that I like or don't like, but whatever works for people to understand. And you know, understanding today might be different than your understanding tomorrow, and that's right. good too. It's all yeah. good. It's all a big fun journey. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna meditate today? Of course, <laughs> of course, we're going to meditate today. We're going to practice deep awareness today, mm. right? And and it is it it is meditation. But I I always like to remind you and others, you know that that the word meditation, since it could be loaded, because a lot of meditations aren't awareness meditations. But today we're doing awareness meditation. And I am a big fan of using mindfulness techniques to open us to awareness. That's not the only way, but this is how we do it in this podcast, in these episodes. And so practicing or exploring awareness with mindfulness techniques, you know, we can do on audio recording like this. You might enjoy other ways or in addition to this. But given that we've been talking for the last 30 minutes or so about this, experiencing awareness is different than talking about it. And so we'll do this practice with the intention being open to the possibility that we can get a glimpse of of experiencing a being, presence, awareness. And this does not require any beliefs. It does not require any thoughts. It does not require anything except an intention here to practice awareness, 
and it requires a sense of patience and compassion and being aware of old habits that might be barriers to this practice, like an old habit, let's say, of judging yourself for not doing it correctly, right? So that comes up during these things because <laughs> we're just so used to having to do things perfectly. It's a habit. It's like, geez, I'm not, we're not judging any of that here. Can you accept that? And so when a judgment comes up, it's just the judgment comes up. You don't have to believe it. And that might be hard for you to do. It happens a lot. Your thoughts go racing away, and then you think there's something wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Your thoughts are going to race away. It's when you become aware that your thoughts are racing away that now you're kind of aware. You're practicing awareness. And so that's what we have to commit to do during this next 20 minutes. Now, if it gets too much, then you can also stop. You don't have to commit to the whole 20 minutes either. So it's all, it's all good. We do need to start by sitting comfortably, right? Getting a place where your feet are on the floor and your hips are on the chair on the cushion, your hands are folded over your lap, right? And your body is in the chair and here you are. If you just stop for a minute And you'll notice that your, your body is breathing. And so let's just put all the awareness just on that one thing and hold it there. The breath. Air is moving in, in your nose. Down into your lungs. Filling them up. And then moving out. Across your nose the other way. So just count those breaths and just focus on those breaths. And then if you get a thought, go back and start counting over again.
if you're having a bunch of thoughts, just start back at one. So it doesn't matter. This is not a competition. There's no payoff at 10. It's just practice. And then if you get to three or four or five, and then you think, oh, I haven't had a thought yet. Haha, -ha, that is a thought as well. So you can practice with this every day, just to practice concentrating on your breath and holding, holding a point of focus. You know, that for a lot of people is meditation, but but this is really just the start of meditation to be able to concentrate on your breath and focus on your breath. But really what we're doing is being aware of breathing. So it isn't a you know, thought process of focusing. It's like, of course you're aware that you're breathing. You know that you're breathing, but do you know that you know that you're breathing? Are you aware that you're aware? So. Awareness as a thought can also be held in awareness. Right, and that changes the quality of the awareness. And so doing with the breath, this with the breath is nice because the breath is there. It's steady. It's kind of a neutral thing for most people. Some people, it can be more difficult or uncomfortable. But same with the body, right? So a lot of places in our body, you can be aware of and they feel good and relaxed. And other places of our body, may be tense, there may be disease, there might be cancer, there might be um, other medical or physical issues, right? And so just like the breath is right here, the body as it is, is right here, along with the thoughts and judgments of wishing for something different in some cases. So what about with the sense of compassionate awareness, just holding all of those right there. As a collection of shells in front of you and you're the 
You can be aware of all of these things. So we're here with our breath and our bodies and our brains will generate thoughts just like our breath. Our lungs generate the breath, this brain generates these thoughts. Some crazy thoughts some really good thoughts, some habitual thoughts, some thing we think are facts that aren't. Some things we think are true that aren't. embarrassment that you have these thoughts, <laughs> judgments, self-judgments, self-negative talk, being aware all of these things are happening and just watch them come. And often being aware of these thoughts you know, kind of causes them to dissipate, to be transformed with awareness into, into, into just wisps. But if you don't, if you hold them back, if you don't think about them, if you push them down, they don't go anywhere. They just smolder. Right, so here's a chance to try. You know, does that thought or idea serve you? Is it true? Is it really true? What would it be like if it wasn't true? that uh, Byron Katie's investigation, the four questions. You know, that's an awareness practice. Um, using uh, rain to recognize, acknowledge, investigate, nurture. There's a lot we can do with thoughts and emotions from a when we are aware of them. And then let's take a step back in this awareness of all thoughts, including awareness of thoughts of awareness. And so now we're aware of being aware. And if there's fear of going into something, aware of the fear, 
aware that your mind is afraid to let go of these cold comforts. You don't have to let go, but just awareness will put you in a place where these things just don't stick. They don't they don't provide the guidance. They're not the boss anymore. But the the guidance or the boss comes from Awareness as love, awareness as peace, awareness as joy, awareness as generosity. And so rest as awareness. Rest as the ocean of awareness, as the field of awareness. And these things will just come and go. And the more you practice visiting this space, the more you get to know it. And then it doesn't become this like once a week place of relaxation, but just the normal state of being where your life is richer and more interesting and serves others and makes the world a better place. And not just your own stress-free life, but really authentic, engaged presence. People feel people resonate with its spread and change the world. So we'll stop now taking a few breaths and open your eyes to see a new world. from awareness perspective. So Lisa's at some grist for the mill. I was allowing myself to feel the healing in your message. I was allowing myself the gift of just hearing the tones that you shared and the words that you shared and interpreted it for what I needed. So I'm hoping everyone got something and what they needed out of that meditation. 
So hopefully you felt that too. And if you want to reach out and email us, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, right? We're all over social media. Please let your friends know too. Um, yeah. We're getting so much feedback from people that really enjoy this and sharing with their friends and building community around exploring awareness. So we really hope to hear from you and we will continue to produce these episodes so that we can all increase our understanding about exploring awareness and making the world a better place. Thank you so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a great week. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.